Welcome back to this week's episode of Toys on Tap. We have a newer toy artist coming onto the podcast, worst villain ever. If you haven't seen his work, you are severely missing out. You can see it in the way that he hand sculpted with wax this beautiful Ewok for an E2K show. Go take a look at it and beg for a copy of it. If you want to support Toys on Tap, you can follow us on all socials at Toys on Tap. You can like, subscribe, rate, review. That's how this podcast gets to more people. Thank you so much for all those that support. And thank you for everything. Now let's get to this episode of Toys on Tap. What's up, my guy? What's happening, man? How are you? That's a what is that background? Just something I threw together real quick. I'm like, I need a background. I'm in my wife's office. Uh, it is a plain blank canvas. So we just moved in this house not too long ago. So uh, it is, uh, I guess, for people who can't see us, uh, it's the uh, Master of the Universe like explosion of my stupid little worst villain ever uh, take on the logo. You can pop over to my Instagram for that one. Yeah. Um, anyway. So I expected to hear music. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know if we'd like, be cued into the... That's all post-production. <laughs> That's good stuff. No, it's good stuff. I yeah, always yeah. wondered. I'm like, I wonder if like he plays it and then you know you're in it. And then No, um, you know, we you're getting a behind-the-scenes uh, look. There are some podcasts that do that, and I never understood. Because um, if I play music and then you come in and do something, but then you're like, ah, I don't like that, then I got to start it all over. Fair, fair, very fair. Yeah, I'd rather you just text me like, hey, I didn't like any of that. And then I can just edit your words with AI and make you say all kinds of stuff. That'd be awesome. Uh, I'm sure that's coming at some point. So you get like your most uh, uh, antisocial people. Yeah. Great interviews that never <laughs> people don't. their bias. It takes 30 minutes of someone talking for AI to pick up on it and like figure out fluctuations and all all kinds of stuff every podcast episode i do is over 40 yeah there you go I, you, so, could, you could loop this forever oh yeah and i could just have you saying like chanting in the background toys on tap that's it do it i i want to see that that would be great i'm, <laughs> I'm here for it dude i'm, I'm stoked that you could come on uh every once in a while we get put in weird situations where artists they for whatever reason can't come on and I have a running list in my head of who to reach out to. And you, you were first on that list. Dude, I'm, I'm so uh, honored. It's uh, it's honestly, I'm not gonna lie, it's a bucket list item for me. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's pretty wild. I feel accomplished. <laughs> so I got, you're putting me on of a, too high of a pedestal. <laughs> not at all, man. Like if you think, yeah, sure. Right now, you know, and I'm not saying we're ever going to be anybody, but somebody's going to dig up like Dove's collection or uh, Beach of the Jays collection someday and be like, what the hell is this? And for whatever version of Antiques Roadshow, you know, and I'm like, I've seen this, it's a tippy bean. And then uh, next thing you know, your podcast is that archaeological layer of like, who the hell is Sucklord? And here's this 10 hours worth of, of audio yeah. of this dude talking about himself. So I, I mean that's it's it is cool and and frankly it's it's uh it's influenced my work you know it's it's I, I and we'll, we'll dive into that but uh it it really 
did this this little podcast that could man like uh has really influenced a lot of things it just it'll be it work or technique or reaching out into the community or even um and quite most specifically like dealing with the um imposter syndrome yeah which is like the the reoccurring theme of like once you listen to all these uh it is it is a, a thing that's it's it's alive from the top down and uh yeah man so i'm i'm here because of you know some of the episodes some of the people i've gotten contact with through this through this uh this this great little show here that i i really love and adore so it is it is a super honor to be here thank you so much well this episode is all about you so before we start please introduce yourself uh, i am the worst villain ever uh it's kind of a double entendre i am uh a stay-at-home dad lives in cincinnati the cincinnati area so i just moved to indiana i'm still trying to chew down that i don't live in cincinnati thing anymore <laughs> And for those who know, it's about a like a half hour, forty minutes from me now, uh, from E2K, and uh, yeah, man, we're just it's like a lifelong geek and and kind of fell into this toy scene and just absolutely freaking love it, man. A stay-at-home dad getting to fall into a toy scene, the dream and like the potential amount of time that you're able to throw into it. I wish that were entirely true. <laughs> so. Um, when I work, it's it's in the middle of the night a lot of times, and okay. you know if she, if my kid's not sleeping or she wakes up or has a bad night, like I actually dropped a sculpture last night. Oh, um, broke it. No, it's fine. Wax is a beautiful thing, and we'll dive into that here in a little bit. But um, it didn't feel as bad as it probably would have once upon a time. Yeah, and I did end up staying up like an extra hour beyond what I wanted to do uh, to work on it. But, you know, it's, it's one of those, uh, it, it's a great thing, but no, like we're, we've been like going through potty training, which it's as awful as anybody's ever said it was. Yeah. And uh, it's real hit and miss, no pun intended, actually pun intended completely. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is, I thought I was a patient person then then potty training happened and um, there's, there's been some, been some dark times but anyway we're doing good but no um i expect it to turn here soon for us i mean she's doing great with it and uh you know we're talking about a little bit of daycare during the week so that i can work during the day which is pretty killer so yeah uh, my wife's a traveler uh for her job and then she stays at home a lot more than she used to um but uh she still she'll be gone you know two three days at a time and when you were when i was by myself um when she was doing this it was well, it's a lot to take care of a kid. I mean, these they they, <laughs> they do they get into a lot of stuff. So there is kind of this idealized thing with being a stay-at-home dad, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just bad at managing my time or whatever. I... <laughs> yeah. I, I mean the the dream, I don't have any kids, and my wife and I have said that we we don't want kids. I work with middle school students, and so like today I just took 45 of them to the beach. And like maintaining wow. a group of 45 teenagers. Um, and so my wife and I have just come to terms that like, if this job, like I stop doing this job, then we'll have kids. But like, I can't do both. And so, um, yeah. And, and the dream for me, though, is like, if I do have kids, 
um, getting to do toys with those kids or getting to do something that I'm passionate about with those kids. And because uh, I, I don't know, I didn't I didn't get that with my dad. And so like being able to do that and like pour everything about what I love into that would be such an amazing experience. There's there is that my my daughter's two and a half. So we haven't yeah. gone too far into anything. Um and I you know my dad wanted me to play football and I did and I sucked at it and I was really <laughs> bad at it. And I felt like he, this is me probably pouring out the cup here, but I felt like me not being into it, me not being good at it, created a sort of rift. Uh because I am, you know, I I am the consummate geek. My brother was 13 years older than me. He was my half, my half brother, technically, for those keeping track. Um, but he influenced a lot of stuff that I was into, like Batman. And then he got me into all the 80s, you know, uh, action flicks, anything with Arnold in it or, or, or Stallone. And um, he, <laughs> and that was, that was cool. And then as I got older, I didn't understand why he wasn't like really into the stuff. And, and it, it was like a big mystery to me forever. But then with, with my kid, I've kind of discovered that sometimes it isn't about being into whatever that same person is that you're influencing, but there's kind of a shared time thing. There's kind of a, just seeing the joy that it brings them to, you know, like this, this person's interested in this, I'm going to foster this, which is which should have been, you know, with my dad, like, you know, Hey, like you really love to draw and you love to paint, you love to do this and that. I want you to play football and study. And I was like, eh, yeah. <laughs> you know? mm. but now that you, now that you're an adult, your parents are like, you know, we, it's just kind of what we did at the time. Yeah. And, and, and now I think there's just a more open thing with like education and educators and, and, and polishing what kind of stone is in that rock. Cause we're not all diamonds, you know? Yeah. And, um uh, so I, I do see that and I, I hope my kid is into some of the same stuff. She's not, that's fine. I'll I'll, I'll try to embrace what she does and what she's into. So that's, yeah. But I, I wouldn't when I was your age, I was also saying I'll never have a kid. In fact, I think I was saying that till I was like 30. I am 32 right 30. now. So we are Yeah, you got dude, you've lots of time to like change that. It fixed a lot of nihilism for me. Like I I had this really just I didn't care what happened to the world yeah. thing. And then this little one came along and here I am. But uh hopefully she's, you know, she's painting toys with me here in a couple of years. That would be killer. Yeah. You know, that that would be a lot of fun. Or just pulling molds, or I probably shouldn't have her do that yet. But like you know, just <laughs> why not? Yeah. Um that would be that would be killer. That would be awesome, man. But uh, again, it's like she's gonna have her own path and I, I just want to be there for her for it. So absolutely but i get i get the kid thing you know I, i've mentored a couple of kids so yeah but we totally we got to this point in which you're making toys but we got to start at the childhood i got to hear how toys shaped you grew you what you played with all that stuff it, i i i've been like waiting for this question for the longest time so um <laughs> uh as i mentioned cincinnati ohio uh for those you know it's where kenner had its 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 start and roots and um star wars was like a um i don't know they say like eskimos hopefully it's not an offensive term but uh, have all these terms for snow right like you and i have one or two for snow yeah in the 
but you'll have like 47 words for snow. So in that same analogy, it was kind of like Star Wars was really part of our culture in the way that even adults knew it really well yeah. and knew what they were looking at and what have you. Uh, every yard sale was just amazing because you had neighbors that worked at Kenner. Um, the people like diagonal to us had, I mean, I've seen dig bins that would, would not even touch these collections of just little action figures everywhere because mom, dad, or man, or uncle always, always tied somewhere, hmm. worked at one of these places and would buy the stuff by the bucket loads, you know, in these little little baggies in fact dustin i think mentions it in his his episode where he went to the zoo and they were handing out these little bag figures um that was the experience um so star wars was like kind of the the main line but like you knew how to play with it and then one day this kid uh who was like a weekend warrior who would come around because his dad was divorced and i uh, had this new little girlfriend i want to keep the kid busy and he's he's out there and he's got He's got everything, you know, from the first first wave, and you know, see this muscle dude riding the little tiger, and uh, it blew my my little mind. And I went home and told my mom about it. Seven o'clock that night, she went out and, and bought me one at the grocery store. Yeah, and uh, and that that kind of started from there. And I, I remember like going to bed that night with my my older brother. I was on the floor. I slept on his room, and I said, "Hey, will you read this book to me?" And I don't think he read well, but he kind of just told me this nonsensical, basically Tarzan story, but I was just enamored with it. And just the imagination and the, the contrast was going from like from Star Wars to He-Man was, uh, I don't want to be tawdry, but more or less like from girls to women. There we go. That's a better, you know I mean like you just kind of notice that one that, that understands who she is and feels comfortable in her skin, whatever, um, or whatever that looks like for you. And, you know, a, a passenger car to a sports car. It just, it's this, it was a night and day moment. And then looking at like Rudy Obrero, who did a lot of the early stuff, like Grayskull and Wind Raider, uh, Battle Ram. That box art was wild, man. Especially for like a little four or five-year-old um, who's been told to stand in the toy section for, you know, a half hour, 45 minutes while mom goes and shops and does whatever she does. But you know, you're looking at this this broad picture, and you're like, man, what's outside of this frame? Like, what's happening here? And there was no there was no cartoon, so that's where a lot of people get missed on it. So, so a lot of the later generation people that are into to He Man kind of knew how to play with this stuff. We didn't. We didn't invent it. You know, we couldn't yeah. read the books. Um, but then I kind of felt made fun of with He Man as like Wave Three starts to kind of set in with like, I don't know, Cyclone and. Not so much fuzz off, but like they, they just, the characters get just a little stupid. Um, mm. And I never liked that. And so I landed on uh, G.I. Joe. And G.I. Joe was what got me to pass my spelling tests in, in like third grade. And uh, But toys kind of kept this perpetual thing kind of quietly. Um, I wrote it out in the public a little too long, which seems weird now to say, but for the time it was really backward to be in sixth grade and like Ninja Turtles and yeah. wearing Batman shirts and shoot, you know, like, especially like middle school, just such a, you work with these kids now, but I think they're just a lot more forgiving and, and welcoming to, yeah. to people's um, geeks. And I know what you're about to ask about the, uh, the flag. Is that coming? Is that question coming? I, at some point I need to hear about it. 
So I did not have it. Um, however, so and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to kind of break your question, even though it happens. And you should continue to ask it because I'm interested in people's answers to this. I did see it as a child. Um, twice, I think. Once, I really remember because the first time I saw it. And it's just this kid that nobody liked. It, not because he was like an unlikable character. as like, a, like he was too geeky. He was more just kind of like a, a smug prick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, his parents lived in just a slightly better neighborhood than ours. And and he did. He had this 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 boat, which he wouldn't let me touch, you know, or play with it. So I think that kind of stole me, but it didn't seem that neat. But I will tell you the toy that did blow my mind from G.I. Joe the first time I saw it. Which one? Was the Terror Drone. Okay. And that sucker was amazing. I mean, I could still picture just the the sheer shock of it. It was like seen a naked lady for the first time when you're in sixth grade or something <laughs> like it was i mean it did it was just this little ship comes out of it these doors come down i mean it was a complete package as far as toys go and i i thought i really thought gi joe just did a bang-up job on how they engineered their vehicles and yeah you know you learn a lot of like motor skills you know through putting these things together and and there was still enough even though the cartoon kind of told you how to do it you still had enough imagination and adventures left whereas like i felt like star wars just kind of you're mimicking the story yeah so um but yeah i I did i collected things like here and there through the years it just turned us about where i really got off um mom didn't give my toys away uh really but but something happened where we were like kind of forced to move so i had to like really minimize what i had and my master of the universe gi joes and transformers were what i took with me um but master of the universe were uh, the only thing that really survived okay anything so and i still have those um and the beauty of that is like i could still like i got depressed later in life and like all my like tattoos and everything are <laughs> yeah my string shares like they're all motu i see like my filter screwing it up but um, we interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have an engine failure. We must crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my, we're doomed. Wait, salvation. Hooray, we're saved, DOV2. Limited edition custom artist-made action figures and DKE toys. Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures. DKE. Like, I'm able to touch that stupid He-Man, dude. Yeah. And I feel, like, I can feel, like, a connection to that time. Like, it's it's as close to time travel as I'll ever have. Um, and it it does. It's, it's I'm get, like, emotional. Like, I'm not a crier, but if I ever... Um, it's it's as close as I can ever get to to like remembering those days because like, like I just had so many like happy developmental like imaginative memories from Masters of the Universe, and it just it really just kind of gave birth to me as a creative. So. Yeah, I think um, it's okay. Uh, yeah, I I always reassure myself it's okay to get emotional when talking about that piece. Um, I only have a couple uh, photos when I was a kid. 
I, I think maybe three or four. Um, and three of them, one of them is Christmas morning with I'm opening up a bunch of small soldiers toys. Nice. Um, one of them is uh, me holding a Cowboys of Moo Mesa toy. Um, yeah. And the last one, I can't remember. It's either, I think I'm holding a Sesame Street hand puppet um, stuffed animal of Grover, which I still have. It somehow made oh. it like this many years. And um, touching those photos or just being able to like see those photos and then see like toys around me now and like see who I am and stuff. It does. It, it elicits a lot of emotion because it like even the fact of like survivability, like my childhood now plays out through these three or four photos and it's toys. That's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. And it's encouraging to see, not to call you around 45, but to see somebody your age that's like so dialed in. Like your generation has not yet really started to come into the pool with you it's coming yeah uh and you'll see it more and more when you're like 37 38 and it happens you know it's, it's everybody hits their midlife crisis yeah and uh and i'm saying that that's where you are you just you have this like fond appreciation for for these things and that's great you know that's terrific uh but you're right i mean it's just you know there there's a, a neat thing where you can like whether it be a photograph or an old toy um and and be able to like tap when you were maybe a good person or (laughs) (laughs) the best person you could be you know i mean because kids are pretty pretty innocent for the most part um you know save for the ones that do things in the horror movies i don't even go down that road but yeah uh i was yeah it's 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 pretty fantastic so yeah i um Yeah, it's crazy to think about. But you, so we get from that point to the point at some point you, I just said the word point like six times, um, you start making toys or you start making art. I guess that's a good, like you you alluded to liking to draw and things. Right. So that has uh, to I carry over. That. So it, it does. I mean, I'm glad you asked that question, man. It's kind of a mock memory. Um. My first comic book that I remember was Secret Wars 11, I think. And it's got it's got all the Marvel characters, and I think it's the back of Doctor Doom, but he's taking his mask off, which yep. is something he doesn't really do. And I they didn't have I mean they had the Secret Wars toys. I had Wolverine, but it's whatever. Um but I made I would I would sit for hours. Sometimes, and I would just draw these little characters. My and Iron Man was my favorite because he's yeah. this armor you could take on and put off. And um, I would make paper dolls, mm-hmm. and I would just sit there and color, and I would I would staple and I would tape, and I would just slide these little dudes together. You know, like I guess technically that's my first toy ever. It was, it was you know, in that way. And I wish <laughs> I had that thing. They were god awful, but they and they were done on like my mom's like like they were notepads, like little white you know pads. Yeah. That, a paper that were just like plain and and I would just cut and cut and cut and just entertain myself forever with those. Um but I, I, I did. I drew through like school and whatever. And I don't I don't know that I was ever great. But um getting into high school, my art teacher, uh 
I still hate myself for not really like locking into him. My art teacher, um, I don't know where he's at now. I'd like to actually track him down. But he he worked for a company at night. And this company did, um, so I was in high school. This company did a bunch of like McDonald's toys. Um, they did some stuff for McFarlane back when McFarlane was getting his launch. Yeah. Um, Ertl toys. You follow that. He did some stuff for Casper the movie, uh, like as far as like sculpting ghosts. And then Batman. Batman was the big one because Batman was always my thing, like middle school on. And my friends, I told my friends Batman is going to have nipples this year. And nobody like believed me whatsoever. But I'd seen like a proof that he had. And the reason he had this stuff was because when they were sculpted, there's these little glass mugs. You see them in toy stores every now and then. But they're like little coffee cups and they're all clear glass. And he had this like, it was like a line drawing sheet. You know what I mean? So it's long you know, I don't know however long that is, like maybe 12 inches by three inches. And if you wrapped it around, it would form the, like the aspect, the low, like the, yeah, I should take this background off, but it formed the thing around the, the, the back of the, um, you know, the, the, around the sides of the mug. And there was, I think there was like four of them. And he's talking about how they flew this guy over from France to sculpt these, like this relief thing. And that's where it was like, that's the first time I'd ever heard of like relief sculptures and what have you. So, the, the sculpting is closer to a coin, the way it looks three-dimensional, even though it's like a really thin, mm-hmm. you know, sculpture. Um, the one that would probably interest you the most was Biker Mice from Mars. He had, I think it's called a style sheet. And that style sheet had, you know, had the four ways. Like if you've seen Curve Flosses, like um, if you go to his webpage, it, you should do that. Anybody should pause this and go do it now. There's it's like a tome of just of information. But there's like a four-way kind of design, like a layout of of all the like it's kind of a generic thing. But more or less it was that. It was like one or two of the mice that he brought in. And then he had like little chips. You imagine paint chips and they they were pantone chips. Mm. So it was like, and he explained that this is this is, you know, when you manufacture something, these colors have to be like dead on. And that was the first time I ever heard of a pantone and like what its application was. Um he had us like sculpt like a figure out of Sculpey, you know, on an armature in school, but like nobody was really into it. He wasn't that great of like a functional teacher, but he, like in a one-on-one role, he'd be like the most amazing mentor, you know? Yeah. And I was too stupid to see that. Uh, he sculpted Chapel from uh, McFarlane. The, it's like an image comics thing. There was like eight or nine heads like laying around a classroom. Dude. I could have like walked out with one if I wanted to. He did Bad Rock, which I never saw the, the sculpt for that. Um, but he would bring these projects from school to, you know, to, or from work rather to school and kind of work on them while we all just kind of sat around and act like a bunch of a-holes. So um, I, I regret that big time, not, not reaching it at pool. And like the last thing he said, like when we graduated, I had like five classes. Yeah. Day. It's just really just like a big, not study. I was a big screw off session the whole day, but um he said, like, you know, it really bums me out that most of you will never pick up a pencil ever again. Yeah. And I, I always felt insulted by that. I'm like, well, why wouldn't I do that? And now here I am, like, you know, wishing I could call this dude and be like, hey, I <laughs> I did it. I can't figure out I, the undercuts on these stupid, just stupid figures killing me. Like, I need your notes. You know, that's, I suck at molding, man. Um, 
but and that's that's really held me back forever. So uh, we're we're getting there. Then we're we're definitely we've we've improved a lot with it. But I, I don't know if that answers the question or not. I don't know if that that question flows. My yeah, yeah, flows. of course it does. Um, and even if it doesn't, I'll edit it to make it do it. <laughs> uh, I think My man. that. Um, man, you're the first one, the first artist in all of these episodes to mention Pantone colors. Pantone colors, um, if you are listening and have no idea, they're incredible. They're like the brightest, best, like most saturated colors I've ever seen. Like the coolest colors and even the color sheet to get to see how many different colors there are is charged because they're all done with ink instead of normal like paint stuff. And I think that color, I re, if I remember correctly, that color wheel is $380. Yeah, it's expensive. It's, yeah, it's not cheap. Yeah, and I want it um, so bad, but I don't use Pantone. I've used Pantone one time, uh, and it was just because I used to paint murals, and someone yeah. asked for a color. They asked me to create a certain color on Photoshop, and then go make that and go. But you can't do that with normal house paint. But no. with Pantone, I was able to pull those colors, and they like. Each gallon cost me like 75 bucks. That's about what it costs now. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sure. Like, I like, man, that's crazy. Oh, we just painted our house. That's why I know this. Um, my wife likes the good paint though. Yeah. Um, no, that's it's it's cool. You always mentioned that the the mural stuff. Um that's that's a really neat art in itself. I guess to time the episode, uh the uh i'm gonna botch the name of this thing it's like a colonel sanders uh mazanger or like uh transors that's how i knew him um shogun warrior there we go yeah that went up on e2k just this week um i still want to go see that jonathan queen uh he's somebody you should check out as far as like i don't know if you've ever talked to him he's uh he does a lot of toy painting stuff and he's an, a really interesting dude to talk to yeah uh, but his work is, is phenomenal check that and instead out for sure. Someone said Jonathan listens to the podcast, and I would love to get Jonathan on the podcast. He does. Yeah, he does. He I, I was probably the one that told you that. Um, <laughs> or at least <laughs> one of them. Um, because I, I was we were at ETK probably for one of the shows. I think it was the tape show, and he mentioned that you know, it's like, yeah, what's in the show? So that's what no, he's so awesome. uh he he does his it's it's wild because he nails the I don't want to go on about him too long, but he where he he gets like there's just he's he's good at like the still life but there's some like little twist of style that he does to make these these silly little figures and toys and dolls come to life in a way and he did a big kenner mural if you're ever in cincinnati you should come to cincinnati just for the like the um the pilgrimage of, of toys uh to, and to go to e2k but um there's a kenner mural that's in cincinnati that's really amazing and you know, it's, you just see these giant toys and it's, it's a thing that like people like my wife, who's not into toys whatsoever, just absolutely loves. And so to, to, that's kind of like the mark of, you know, something's good and cool because people that are, are not into what you're into, uh, think it's cool. And that's yeah. like the, the ultimate litmus test. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> at uh, some but, point, yeah, the mural stuff's cool. I don't think I could deal with it. I mean, I, uh, I think I've talked about this before. I stopped because um, you have to be good 
and I don't know, like that's not even, um, I mean, all art is subjective, right? But like, you have to know how to either grid a giant wall or how to do design and then put up specific things. You just have to be really good. And in San Diego, you are essentially competing for wall space. And I learned early on that like, I could grind myself down for an art style that I don't actually really love um, and just keep chasing it and keep chasing it uh, with the end goal of being that I'm on a wall. Um, Or I could just stop doing that because I won't be as good as some of those that are out there and be okay with that and move on to the next art form. And so I, I chose to do that because there's some of them are, I have a couple walls in San Diego, but some of them, some of the walls around here are incredible and there's no way I could keep up with what they're doing. Wow. I, I can't, man, as you mentioned gridding, I, I, it would look like a Jackson Pollock, but yeah, <laughs> I try to, yeah I drew, it's like, I would be drawing the same thing or like translating the same thing I, I drew or, or something in the wall. It would just, it would look so bad. It'd be like, this is like a Picasso. Like, yeah, did he mean to do this? And it might look cool, but it wasn't what I was intending, and it just would never happen for me. So there's a painting here. Uh, there's also a toy maker that goes by Toki Doki. Thursday night, 7 p.m. YouTube Live. It's Toys Alive. Toys Alive. Toys Alive. There's way cool artist unboxing. No it counts under a thousand followers. What? Art out there for thirty bucks or less. Collector spotlight. Ooh, Current upcoming shows and drops. Giveaways. Short chats with artists. <laughs> news from the hood. 100% indie all the time. That's, That's Toys Live. Toys Live. Thursday nights, 7 p.m. PST, YouTube Live. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know who that is, but there's a painting here by an artist named Toki Doki, and I can't figure out if it's the same or not. And it's against this wall in which the freeway is like, you have like six feet of clearance between the building and the freeway. Yeah. And so you can't project it. And it's, it barely fits a lift in there. And so not mm-hmm. only did they have to grid it out, but then they had to do it without actually seeing the whole wall. And it is, wow. it's two giant apes hanging down the wall. It's fantastic. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, it's a, Check some of my stuff out. I need to get out there. I want to go to Super 7. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Super 7 here is so dope. Uh, if Brian Flynn is ever listening to this, I would love to work with Super 7 every day of my life. Oh, no, definitely. I have their uh, a few of their weird pieces from Motu. Yeah. Like the wallpaper, the flocked wallpaper. I got the big rug from Castle Grayskull. Yeah. <laughs> um, they did a great job with Motu, and it's a shame Mattel pulled that property back because I – just after seeing the reveal with the uh, the thing from Thundercats, the big castle, or it's called. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, there's just there's a level of genius that they can play there that I'm I'm happy there. Yeah, uh, doing well. So anyway, at some point you can't you come back to toys. We all take a break, or some sort of a break, and you come back and. Either you start collecting or you see what's happening and you start making, but you are a relatively new toy maker from what I can tell. Yeah. Um, so how did you get back to toys? What drew you back? 
so I guess I, I've always collected, right? Like I always had something going on. Um, what got me back? I guess it's probably a little bit buried in my name. Um, my old best friend, uh, best man, all that stuff. Like uh, we're we're no longer friends, but he um, he spurred a lot of that stuff on with me, and like he took me to E2K uh, for the first time I ever met Dustin and. Um, you know, and I always liked the, like the goofy, funny stuff, like the, the missing dad. I can't think of some yeah. of these guys' names, like terrible toys and all those yeah, guys. Death um, by toys. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And I, I always love that stuff. It's hilarious. Uh, and I'm like, man, I, I could, I'll say I could do that, but it's like, I've got some dumb ideas. I did one that had like the golden girls. It's like four golden girls reunion. And it's got like four. <laughs> Have you seen this? It's got four cremation urns in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, and like that was like that was actually like a mold that I spent way too much time on, like doing the you know, the shrinking, because like it was a it was just too big. It was like what one tenth scale or whatever the hell that is, or and I broke it down a little bit. I shrunk them down to make them fit into like a better bubble. Um, but I was I was I was really struggling um for a long time. And I had a lot of stuff I didn't, I, there's a lot of stuff that just never made or seen the light of day um, using like uh, Abe's epoxy sculpt or whatever, uh, or this or just this and that. And it was all, it, it wasn't, I wasn't molding it well. And, and even when I was sculpting in bigger stuff, because I, I sculpted, I sculpted a couple masks that really took a, you know, a side road for me over the years. And it's, it's a non-forgiving medium, you know? Right. Um, it's an expensive medium. And, and like you mentioned earlier, as a stay-at-home dad, my wife's kind of like, yeah, you know, you could turn a hobby artistically into, into a couple bucks, you know, here and there. It'd be great. Even though jokes on her and she's learning probably through this. She's terrific by the way, <laughs> but you know, there's, it's an expensive craft to, to, to get into play play with and then learn well enough to execute um but somewhere finally so not it was very recent it if you will um it's it's how it happens between somewhere between dollar slice simplifying everything because i've seen every mold video that's smooth on or like brick in the yard you know i've had books on molding for years um, like prop building books and mold, you know, those classic books that everybody has on their library that's been building molds for any amount of time. Um, but he put these stupid, basically like TikTok level uh, video up and I'm like, huh. You know, like he just pulled all the dumb little like things out of the air that I needed. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to see them, if you're struggling, go there at the top of his page, go check them out. Um, and it's, I, I went out and bought the right rubber. That was a big thing. You know, I felt like, I feel like somebody should be out there telling you that Umu is not the way to go or start building molds. Yeah, Umu's like, tough. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, respect anybody that pulls anything out of it. And then Kerfloss is the other side of it. Um, as far as like sending me a mold um, to use, to pump some, some wax in that I had acquired. Uh, a few months prior and I did I threw it I finally just said you know what I'm gonna do it I threw it in, a, in like a little crock pot that is now just waxed and 
took a syringe and shot it into this mold Kerfloss sent me. And um, that was like the first like incarnation of a figure that wasn't completely just botched uh, unlike some of the stuff that I've been doing. Um, and that interest took hold right here on your program, episode 100 with Death and Strawberries. Um, yeah. I heard that and I, I was getting ready to launch into digital, man. Like I, I've had ZBrush for years, uh, like, like a bootleg version. And I have like a paid version with their light, whatever that is. Uh, but I suck at it, you know, but I was going to yeah. sit down with like an instructional program. And I, I was like, it was all going to be quartered out and I was going to do this. And I heard that damn episode, I think somewhere back in January. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, you're hungry, you're thirsty. I'm bothering the shit out of that poor guy, messaging yeah. him all the time, asking him questions. And uh, he's been super chill. Um, I, I talked to him all the time, really cool guy. Um, and then, you know, Kerf Loss the same. I mean, Kerf Loss is, is very, I mean, he's like a book, if you will, as, as I am to, I've taken like some aspect out of what he's doing. Kerf Loss will do it right from front to back. I'm like some idiot on YouTube now like mm. that will show you how to replace, you know, the fan in your, your Jeep or something like yeah. that's, that's, you know, but there's like a right way. And then there's the, the getting it done way. And that's, that's kind of where I'm living at right now. And, um, you know, you're, you know, you're on the right path when you've, you know, you spend all day with a toddler and you try to keep the house clean and go do mow the yard and do all these things. And then you're up till four in the morning knowing good and well, you got to get up by eight in the morning to feed yeah. this kid. And I was doing that just night after night. And it's like, <laughs> you know, it feels good. And it's like the ultimate, like different medium for people that want to kit bash really. Um, I, I can't recommend it enough. I, I, I want to see everybody join, join us in the poll for that. Um, the initial upfront on it was I bought some wax online. The shipping was what killed me on that, not the not anything else. Uh, but the recipes are out there if you want to take a crack at, at making it yourself. Um, the materials to start, relatively inexpensive. And it is. It's just once you really get over that, like, that margin of everything I do with this is screwed up, mm. it, it grabs you. And and now, like, I don't know if that's, like, kind of informed my confidence with with talking to some people and seeing now um we're making a lot of friends here and you know just um, i'm on the dream podcast already <laughs> you know <laughs> i yeah, can't believe it's... i'm here hey mom yeah. <laughs> uh the wax sculpting is insane you know the coolest part about the podcast for me was having someone like kerfloss was on really early on and I love talking to Kurt Floss and I and seeing him at Decon and talking to him whenever I can. And then having Death and Strawberries come on, obviously another killer one. And they're they they share the booth while they're at Decon and just um sculpting and and the different waxes that they use and everything. But then having Scott on and having the guy that basically handled my childhood through toys right there even like yeah like toys that i i love now he sculpted i'm finding out as i go which is incredible and then um having steven get us on and and talking about like yeah. 
how he sculpted the 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 other side, like the the toys that I loved from the Star Wars universe, and um, it's just like there's so much that goes into that, and you just see from like the old school and the new school and what's happening and how they're using all the same stuff and how they're trying to figure new things out and it's incredible. Anyone that wax sculpts, like even yourself, and I like you made this killer Ewok toy that we're going to talk about for sure. Like, um, to see that come alive through wax sculpting, it's, it's a skill that's incredible. It's, I don't overplay it though. I'm going to tell you, you got to try it. Like, um, yo-yo is coming to town for something eventually. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, dude, you got to try this. Like, I'm sure. like, I'll make sure you get to try it when you're in town, like in some fashion. He's like, yeah, that'd be great. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I, I pulled one of those, those Ewoks. Like one of the first thing, it was the first thing I ever did. I pulled this Ewok out. I had the mold heated up. Um, and I will say Umo does seem to hold temperature better than, than a platinum mold. But anyway, it, it I pull this thing out and I just start brushing out these like the belts and stuff that are on this Z-Walk and he's like little gray or whatever he was and uh or Chirpa, I don't even know. But um I'm brushing the belts and the necklace and everything out because I just want like a hairy Ewok. Yeah. And I'm like, man, this shit. Like, <laughs> you know, like it, this is a new experience for me. And I tried to edit some of the stuff that like like the molds like the boba fets and stuff like that that kerf gave me um i already sent that mold on to the next guy hopefully he's using it uh but it does once you get over like some of the fear of some of of, of what you're doing or being too invested in your work without like like i said i dropped something broke a leg off you know um dented like some of this the pieces on the chest that i was working on and it's like oh well you know like cause yeah. now I, um wax it, it, you know it's just it's different and I, i'll hear people talk about like i hate sculpting because i'm sculpting something then i flip it over and my fingerprints are all over the back side of it yeah. if that sounds like you wax is your friend right um it doesn't move like clay though that's the trade-off like you know it doesn't like i can't just move this cheek over here i've got to build that sucker up but once you kind of learn that just almost like a 3d printer um and you're layering this stuff up it's it's damn cool and and the coolest side of it too is i can't remember this artist's name and i apologize to whoever they are it was one of somebody on one of your podcasts and he was talking about the same very figure that i remember looking at as a kid because of the con i, I was looking at it for a different reason but it was it was uh luke hoff luke like uh hoff luke right mm -hmm. and and then for me, it was like, he doesn't look like the other, you know, other Lukes that I have. Right. It's all the same guy, but they're a little different. And then, you know, like whatever, you know, the outfit. But you still like in your head, you're thinking like, man, somebody made this. And mm -hmm. that was something that this artist was imparting. Like, you know, I remember looking, pulling this figure out and saying like, somebody made this. Yeah. And that's, you know, you feel that. And I, I do feel like some of this 3D stuff, but I love some of the 3D sculpture stuff. I think the... um making a mutant guys really get a handle on keeping the soul yeah in their figures but i think there's a lot of like i'll say more mainstream um from the mega companies like, kind of down to some of the smaller but bigger like production houses 
think there's just some soul that is not there in those figures. Like it still just feels like feels like a computerized facsimile of something cool. And, and when you're working in wax, okay, that kind of thing sucks, but it's gonna kind of buff out and make a cool effect. Um it's neat. And that's what we did with that bear that um the showbiz pizza bear that's called the pizza nator for the E2K pizza show. And uh I made this basically mashup. Showbiz Pizza was like uh, the precursor, not a pre. I think it merged with Chuck E. Cheese. I don't know. You could read all about it, but yeah, more or less, it was an animatronic thing. Uh, a bear, like they had a bunch of different shows and stuff that would go on, and one of them was a bear. He was like Billy Bob Broccoli, and I, I turned this this Billy Bob Broccoli into like a Terminator character. Um, and. My favorite thing about that, which was never kind of disclosed when I was making it, was that eye, that robotic eye you see is the, is the actual Ewok eye. I just shaved all around it. Oh, that's so with, smart. Dude, it was well, not, it, that, that. It's like it's maintaining that, like, that original work by somebody, but elaborating upon it and, and basically just reliefing out that little, like, skull that sits in there. Um. And then I actually shot, I hate it, but I, I shot for like a simple hand because I was afraid I'd, I'd blow the, I'd blow the mold and I was trying to make a few of these things for, yeah, for the show. So, um, but no, it turned out great. Uh, got a lot of, you know, a lot of attention and that's, that's awesome. It's, it's neat. And now what I'm working on, like, I can't wait for people to see it, you know, like I can't wait to, and I'm going to shoot for a better price point. Um, I blew a lot of, material during that original e2k show because my plan was to do it was ambitious i was trying to do like a, a team of people um like an a-team kind of set mm -hmm. and uh and there, there's it, i don't need to go into it but more or less like i had i had some other stuff like that i'd been working that i was working on that have now gone by the wayside just kind of back into the melting pot but um it's uh, join us in the wax pit, man. <laughs> it's it's the coolest. <laughs> it's just it's it, it, there's a little bit of an investment, but it's it's cheaper than than a lot of things that you could get into. Yeah, and it's and the trade off of being able to like swap a head mold that you have from you know. I, I should do that for I should de demonstrate that where you just pop an arm or head off, you know, and and sew it onto another character and, and bam, you got a figure, you know. Yeah, you kind of rough out the little detail work. Um, and I'm still learning at it, but I, like it's one of those mediums that like give me enough time with it, and I think I could really just crank some cool shit out with it. Yeah, when you started creating these toys and getting back into toys and all these things, how did you settle on your name? That's a so worst feeling ever. Is um, it goes back to that friend of mine. Uh, we had a really bad breakup as friends. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I think COVID screwed a lot of people up. I, I'm not going to say that I'm completely innocent in the whole situation, but um, I'm also one of those people that will, like, I'm so principled that I'll, I'd probably like die in a bank robbery just because it's just something stupid where somebody's like, say this or else. I'm like, no, you know, like, yeah. and then you'll be like, listen to the story. Like, why didn't the guy just say it? Like, just that all you had to do was say it and everybody would have home fine. Like, you know, yeah. Um, I'm that idiot though. There's just something about me that occasionally I will just twist a knife or uh, I, I'm trying to be so principled. And I think sometimes I'm a little too like 
too consistent, I think, in my own view of myself that I will I will push, I will turn, I will twist the any screw I can to like drive home a point and hope that you get it. And I think that's what I did there with him. And it is what it is. But he he called some friends on mine and and like shit on me to them pretty good. And like just stuff like it's like appalling stuff. I would like I wouldn't go to E2K for a year because I was afraid of what he had to say about me. Yeah. And like I, I went and talked to Dustin, everything's cool. But so the worst villain ever kind of came from uh, the evolution of it was like the worst friend ever, really. That's because that's kind of what I was feeling at the time. Yeah. And uh, you know, my wife's like, you can't do that. Like, <laughs> I'm like, fine, this is the worst villain ever, then, you know, and because and I also saw it kind of like in that classic uh dynamic that like uh Professor Xavier and uh, and Magneto, or like there's similarities. Mister Glass and what's the one, the movie Unbreakable, like yeah. that kind of dynamic, kind of seemed to play with he and I, and you know, and and every villain's kind of a good guy in their own story, but so that's it's it's that it's just a double entendre. I don't know, I I don't know that I necessarily meant to keep it, but here we are. So yeah, um, it's stuck with me now. I mean, and, uh, it's not a bad it. name. Like, I love it's the long. Idea. Yeah. I, I mean, some of us have pigeonholed ourselves into names that, like, we just do, right? Like, I stepped in dog poop and I said yucko while I was on the phone, and that's how I got stuck, right? Toys on. Yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> some of those things we get stuck in, but you chose worst villain ever. Like, that's a that's a good... Or did it choose me? I don't know. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's, so it, you it, start it, working on these toys and you start going. What's the first toy? It wasn't the Ewok that you first made, right? No, I, I did some other stuff like that was kind of like the um, the weird toy concept. And, and frankly, and this is true, and I told my wife this, I don't think she understands it. Now she'll listen to podcasts and really get it because she picks up things I have to say better when yeah. she hears me telling somebody else but more or less this it was um I was screwing up so much shit as far as like toys I was trying to make mm -hmm. that I started leaning on like okay this is something easy I could throw together it's got my dumb tawdry like sense of humor um and I'll just practice on packaging and quietly yeah. try to work and make a mold happen but really the truth truth was, is I was freaking the hell out, you know, like my wife's going to divorce me, you know, cause I can't like make good on a, <laughs> you know, I just blew a hundred bucks on rubber, you know, or, yeah. or in resin and, and what have you. And like, this is the mess and this shit's not going well together and this pressure pot sucks and blah, blah, blah. But, um, I sprueing how to put sprues in and, and really the, the materials that I was using is, is what proved. Um, yeah. but I, I did. I had like I was working on like a I mean I was doing cards for stuff that will never see the light of day. I did one for like Peacemaker, the HBO show. Mm -hmm. Um where I turned like a, a flash, like a Kenner superpowers figure. I guess it would technically fall under customs. I mean, I did some sculpting on it. It looks like shit. Um, but I did like my favorite stuff was like the card art in the back. It was real small and nuanced, like little jokes about in the show. If you watch the show with any sort of attention to detail. Um, 
but I started doing found figures. Uh, I did like a dumb Sam Bankman Freed character, which I loved because I sculpted the hair and it looked like shit. And then I painted like, okay, that actually kind of looks kind of cool. Um, you know, he's a crypto bro guy. I don't know. And then I did one that was like a, uh, I just, it was a Navi character. What is that movie called? Uh, Avatar. Mm-hmm. I never understood why they made a sequel and I kind of made fun of that. And I, it was basically like a store-bought Avatar figure with a bottle back in the nineties and two thousands, there had this, these lubes and these like little pillows. Um, and it was about telling Cameron to stick this movie up his ass. And yeah. It's just, and it was dumb, but I enjoyed the card art and that's where I wanted it. I was like, okay, I'm going to settle on card art and I'd love to do card art for people. And I kind of started like poking around, like nobody's like picking me up and that's fine. Um, but I really want to do the figures and what really drives all of this, which I haven't mentioned, I don't hear it mentioned too much. I want my own action figure, just like literally me as I am, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, in different ways, different sizes and what have you is like, uh, I want, I've always wanted that. Like right down when I saw it, like you could do like 3D sculpting or, or 3D scanning, you know, is that the price of that stuff starts to drop and drop and drop. Um, but I, you know, I eventually I'll make one in wax and, and cast it. Uh, I always kind of play with this, this. I'm saying this for the first time out loud. Like you know, someday you'll die, and like here's a case of stuff. This is like the worst villain never passed away, and then my friends all get a, a little action figure of me at my funeral. It's kind of yeah. dark, but anyway, I'm not gonna kill myself. That's not like a. That's like a me dying old thing. So yeah, uh, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, just that's kind of that. That kind of cool. If that's too dark for your podcast, you can take it out. But anyway, um, that was perfect. But I, I do. I, I want. I, I always wanted that for me. And then, like, and now though, I'm addicted to these dumb little bears. Um, oh, the the yeah. one I'm working right now for PowerCon is is Beastman. Um, and you know, I just, I'm, I, it's exciting. But I, I, you know, then somebody's kind of hit me up saying, "Hey, I want to commission this." I'm like, "Well, I was going to make it anyway, so I'll just make that the next one." yeah um it's cool i mean it's just it's it's a neat size and i don't know if it's you know the japanese names better than i do um what do they call that size that's a chibi it's not really chibi i guess but like i kind of like i want to adopt it but more or less the hair is going to be coming off these things at some point in the years um yeah and i just i kind of love that that little fat little body scale you know yeah, it's pretty close to Chibi. Uh, I have one right here, like this little guy. Like, it's pretty dang close to that. I love I can't think of that guy's name off the top of my head. Is that? Windigo. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, those uh, are righteous, man. Something about Ewoks. Like, you got to, if you, you have to be careful producing more Ewoks because I'm just going to have a collection of your work. <laughs> yeah we'll make it we'll make it work i mean it's going to deviate but it's the, the size like if you like the size uh that's definitely where i want to kind of live for a moment um it's because it's i i don't know there's just there's something cool about the size which is the feel you can feel the weight you have it in your hand i see you kind of yeah there's a certain just weight and like balance to that you know, and I've never touched that figure, but I know, you know, like, I just know that like, how it feels in my hand. Cause I've spent hours holding Ewoks yeah. um, now. And there's, 
I don't know. I it's just they're the coolest thing ever. Like they're I liked them when Jedi came out. I know they're like the Jar Jar Binks of of, of Return of the Jedi, but I always I always dug the Ewoks. Those are cool to me. Yeah, they're adorable. So. And they're like the most amount of things that you could do. Like I'm still waiting for a naked Ewok with no fur to be done. It like off of the Egyptian cats that you can own, those furless cats. That'd be a funny Ewok. God. You could do that would be awesome. Yeah, you could do a battle. Cat. That might happen. I don't want to steal your idea, but no, no, that's, not that's my idea. Good. Please take it. Um, plus, if other people take it, I get to buy it from you. So please do that. Like, uh, a, no, you, know, you would, you would, get, you'd have to get one for free if that was the case. But uh, um, battle cat, panther could be like that kind of an Ewok yeah. mashup. They've got the body. They do. No, they do. Like that's it's. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, I got so many ideas. <laughs> Because you're just you'll just be sitting there thinking one day and like you know like or you're scrolling Instagram or whatever and like you take a screenshot of something that is completely unrelated. Yeah. You're like man, that would be a badass little Ewok. And um, figuring out what you want to keep and what you want to get rid of is is interesting to me. So I'm trying to figure that out. Um, well, but right now, Beastman yeah. basically like the hair on his body is, you know, his hands and feet um, are really about the only thing in the size, you know, yeah. and then more the the, the joints are i i make the legs kind of static because i'm really screwed with articulation just yet um but that's coming um i tried to do the glios thing and then i won't name any names to put them under fire but there's a couple i'll say bets that were just kind of like dude like the glios thing like i respect that you know it works for some people but i think as far as like longevity goes there's just it's not it's not in there. And I was glad they said that because it really just gave me permission to like admit it, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so in those pizzanators, um, those guys are like mounted to the card, but I, I'm going to try to do like a bag figure. Yes, um, please. With that's what I'm At least move arms. I, yeah. and I, I see that. Like, that's kind of like, you know, there's kind of a point. So it's like finding the intersectionality of what people want and what yeah. people, you know, do. And that's also like, if you're not listening to toys alive i know you do but um those guys are like a regular little focus group of of what's out there so if you're kind of wondering what people are into um that's a place to go yeah you advertise it on your show so i don't feel like i'm doing a bad thing here absolutely i think you know with i mean the ewok figures um i love them uh, because that's the only Though I watched all the Star Wars movies growing up, as a kid, that was the only one that I really loved. And regardless of what people say about the prequels that were that trilogy that was put out, I grew up in the 90s. So like Jar Jar Binks may be a hated character, but as a kid who is nine years old, that was amazing. Like it was such a funny, goofy character to throw in there. And I think the reason why a lot of people get mad is because they think that Star Wars should age with them and be what they like. But it's not going to do that. It goes to the next generation because we're like handing things off. And it's a culture. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. It's a culture. Yeah. And I don't think the last three, I I guess I'll contrast like, I don't go too far into it. Mandalorian has really hit all the buttons. Yeah. for me i i hung in there for boba fett because i really just wanted to love it um mm-hmm. i still have faith that they can maybe turn it around later um 
but those other three just didn't feel it didn't feel it felt like it was just kind of picked up and we're gonna do this for the money you yeah. know and it felt like like one of your bands that you like does an album or two and it's like these guys don't even like each other anymore yeah. you know this is a this is a contract you know for the contract to kind of keep the the rights alive kind of album and that's kind of what they felt like to me. Um, but you know, there's some little kid that's going to resonate with, and that's fine. The same things happen with He-Man. I hate like 2000 X or two, whatever they are, the ones that happened in like the 2000s, there was like a reboot that was done by fans, um, by the guy that does PowerCon, mm-hmm. that hosts PowerCon, uh, Val Staples, you know, he and some other dudes off of He-Man.org got together and basically got a new toy property and a cartoon going. And that's, killer you know that to see something like that happen and now i just feel like it's so commercialized and like there's nothing like adapted but again you know it, it's going to mean something to somebody and i dig i love that that's my favorite thing um not to go back to toys alive but uh like in the in the bear like brian uh bdj was was going on about like what he thought the figure did and it's like i'd written this whole like thing on what this terminator bearer was but he just like took his own like perception of it and i was like oh my god this is the coolest thing because it's exactly what i did as a kid mm-hmm. you know because there was no backstory to he-man same with ninja turtles when they came out i didn't know what the comic was and there was no cartoon just yet and i found this sweet figure you know my parents are going through a divorce <laughs> like here's a good escape you know what i mean like yeah. this is awesome and these this, and it was strangely done by this, the same guy um but I I forgot what was going with this point. Um, bring me back, reel me in here. I can't I can't reel you in because then the podcast starts to slow down. I love when people ramble. No, that's fair. No, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I, it's it's okay. I, I'll I go forever. But um, you know, the the imagination side. That's what we're talking about. Star Wars. Um, I, and the Ewoks even like, I think they blew Endor up or the Moon Endor. I don't know what it is, but. And it's a shame to me because I've imagined like these Ewoks adapting this alien technology mm-hmm. and this God that they discover, C-3PO, like that would be, you could do like a whole run of storylines. Like there's, I love universes, um, you know, where C-3PO is this, this deity, like, or, you know, like how, how would it inform the society of the Ewoks, like now adapting this lot leftover, like, technology that's left behind in the ruins of these yeah things and i, I don't know i i it's just it's a shame to see that it's a, it's the one thing in star wars that pissed me off too like dengar i always love dengar because you know dengar the arm his armor like yep. looks like like maybe an early model of some sort of stormtrooper they thought about playing with and like eh. and it might be i don't know what the history on it is i'd love to know it but i expected to see armor very much like that in the prequels and i didn't and it pissed me off <laughs> so, yeah but that's my 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 biggest gripe with prequels. But again, yeah, it is. It's there's there's a point where you just kind of have to kind of put it behind you, and move on, and I and let somebody else take it and adopt it. Yeah. Um, For the Ewok one, um, it's been my dream. If an Ewok saw the ATST, they mm-hmm. would have tried to build one out of wood. And so to make yeah, like, they build the war wagons and all these other cool things. Yeah, yeah the gliders. So and, couldn't yeah. they just build a wood version where it has legs of levers and they had like cloth yeah. for the sides? Like it would be such a fun toy. It's 
see, that's the kind of stuff I'd love to see make it into the, the toy world. It's like, I wish there wasn't such a tight stranglehold on these properties. I, yeah. Like even Master of the Universe, there's a, a character that like has like a whole Green Lantern Corp thing like implied going on in like Zodak. And uh, I, I always imagine like, what do these characters look like? I thought about making an Ewok look like Zodak. Basically, yeah. like Zodak came to his, to Endor. And just same way they would a Jedi, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're joining us now or Green Lantern for that matter. But um, I, I love those like wild possibilities and it's kind of like, as what if yeah things those are those are neat and that's 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 where you know imagination's like the best escape when you're going through a hard time or you know your life's falling apart it's like and that's not what's going on with me at all uh but i was there i you know yeah. i was in a dark place for a long time and toys that brought me out of it and they've gotten me in trouble too but you know in times but um I had an ex-girlfriend once that was going through my house, my apartment, and she knew about my Darth Vader collection, which was massive, right? And I eventually sold it and paid my car off to show that I was a responsible boyfriend or whatever. But she was like digging through stuff and she found this like horde of clone troopers. Like it was just, it might've been a hundred clone troopers, but they were yeah. all like loose and like, you know what I mean? I didn't really play with them. I liked setting them up and putting the guns in their hands and lining them up. Uh, and it was like really like it was almost like a parent going through your room be like what is this and like find a bag of weed kind of. yeah <laughs> I never had that so it was fun to have a girlfriend do that which is so many of one toy to find like th that's crazy uh what's so for worst villain ever you've started you brought out an Ewok which I can't wait for you to sell as a packaged uh like a loose figure but what's next? Are you talking about? Are you talking about the uh, pizza nader one is loose? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I have to talk to make sure Dustin's cool with that. If not, I'll, I'll give you one of the artist first ones. But, um, what is next for me? I, you know, I want to keep plugging down this road with the, the, the wax. Um, I really sell it, but I was really influenced by this program. Um, and if you haven't listened, go back to listen to these episodes one hundred with. Uh, strawberries and 105 with Stephen Geddes and I think it's like 14 with Kerfloss. Uh, and they're wax heavy episodes. It's fun stuff. I, I kind of keep, I hope to keep bringing people in and, and with that and, and through, cause through teaching, you also learn, you learn a lot when you're teaching mm -hmm. people things. And um, I, I love that. Uh Power Con I'll be at next month with this beast man. Um, I'm not, I don't have a table or anything, but they'll be through the E2K booth. I don't know if they'll sell them online or how that'll work. Um, and then uh, after that, we're just going to, it's kind of free reign. I might pop up at a show here or there that hasn't happened yet, or, or I don't have anything on the horizon. Um, but I, I'm looking, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, I, I'm loving this scene, man. Um, it's it's been so cool to just to jive with people. I want to work with some other people. I've talked to some local artists because Cincinnati's a hotbed too for the toy scene. Yeah, not just because E2K, but there's just a ton of us here. Like uh, One Trick, Recycle Galaxy. There's a few of us that are just I could go on. I don't mean to leave people off, but I could run forever with that one. Um. So yeah, hopefully some collaboration, collaborative stuff. 
that I get to work with on like a, like an actual in-person thing as opposed to sending it across the country or around the world to, to, to work on. But um, yeah, but definitely you'll see, you'll see some more Ewok style stuff and they, they may not look like Ewoks anymore. I don't know. It's kind of the, we'll see what happens. So. Which is awesome. I, uh, I'm pumped that you are getting invested in these parts of the scenes and parts of the shows and stuff so early i think um i was always so nervous when i first started um reaching out and asking to be a part of things and then um the podcast has kind of made it so that now people um they do this fun thing where they'll like oh we hope that you'll be a part of it but also do you know artists that would love to be a part of this and it's like yeah i have like a hundred and something different artists that would love to be a part of it. Um, That's killer. And, and it's cool to see like the collaborative stuff that happens in that. And um, yeah, I just, it's cool that you're a part of that. I, you know, I love E2K so much. They have sold so much of my work and I've gotten to be a part of some of their shows and it's, they've just got something so beautiful happening over there. And I've never been, and I want to go so much, but yeah, it's, I, I, I don't want to structure it this way. Like it's not, I'm not really this, but like, it is kind of like, I don't want to like it. Just, I'm not going to be specific, but we'll just imagine it's like a temple somewhere in the middle, wherever. Right. And it, it has a temple aspect to it where you're in there and you know, you run into somebody else and you see like, and you guys like just the, how we've been talking for an hour and it feels like 10 minutes. Like, um, it's the same thing there. Like you're like, you don't realize like the cloth that you're cut from and you don't know where their, your puzzle piece fits in is in your, your brother or sister that walks in there as well and does the same stuff might have the same stuff on the shelf. Yeah. And so like, if you're going there, get other artists like in the area, like let us know you're coming. We'll just drop in there. Like, let me, let me get a sitter. So I can come meet you. You know what I mean? Like, and because there is, there's, it, this is such a niche, small community, but there is such a strength and like something like just such a, an affirming thing just to see people and, and all these silly little things that we make and spend time on and, spend time away from our family, you know, to do all in this little place, you know, and, and they're, they're not making a killing to do it. You know, they I don't know how they, they do it. And it's not my business, but um, they, it is a beautiful thing. And you're not the, the first person I've ever heard say that. Like I, I hear that all the time. Like I've never been there. I want to go. And it just seems so special to me. And that's, is it, that is, but when you if you can go go for a show and that's yeah where you know you have several artists there that are are from around the area and it's like yeah you go out for drinks later whatever you do like it's it's really bitching and you've been to the conventions which i haven't you've seen the other side of it yeah but to, to have e2k as being this like the central place you know it does it feels I don't know. I, I can't describe it, but you, when you go, you realize that you go during when other artists are there, you really see it. 
So yeah. I, I wholly recommend that if you can make that a bucket list item for yourself. If you ever come to a convention, my favorite part about designer con, um, I'd love to bring you along with it. Like uh, a major part is like saying hi to the different artists and saying hi to people that you don't get to see that often. Um, like, I've said it before, but every time designer con happens, the first table I go to every time is last bastion. Like I want to hang out with Chris and Wes and I want to see them. And, um, and then I walk around and say hi to a bunch of people, but I pick up, uh, Scott, uh, yo-yo dine from his hotel and we'll head over there. But then we, we go, uh, to these antique stores and go looking for toys. And this past one, it was me, um, him and Magoob Toys, Jamie, and we got yeah. to go and just go through a bunch of different stuff. And like, those are the parts that I absolutely love. That's there's, there's, and there's a, just a sense of fraternity. Yeah. You know, and so there's somebody out there. I'm talking to you now, whoever's out there. You're, you've not picked up any resin and done anything, but you're thinking about it. Uh, Scott Cherry said, just do it, man. Jump in, start doing it, and, yeah. and reach out to us. Uh, cause this is, man, there's, there's plenty of warm water in this pool. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, it feels great. Like when you, you talk to people and it's like, you, you're not alone and, and things you feel and fear. And, um, uh, but yeah, I want to get to, I do want to get to, um, designer con. It's probably not going to happen this year unless there's some stroke of miracle or magic that happens. Yeah. Um, overnight but i we're definitely uh, you know depending on how this goes probably next year is is kind of uh, something because my wife's becoming interested in just kind of seeing the fellowship of this thing yeah um and i'm trying to bring her around on that and she's she she hangs out in the, that chat which will be you know we're filming on thursday but uh tonight on the, the toys alive you know we hang out in the chat and uh you know she's a lurker but you know, she digs it. So it's, it's cool. Um, and, and I want to bring her around to that and, and make her part of that as well. Kind of, because again, I spent a, a ton of time away from her to do this. Um, even though we're in the same house, I might be in the basement, you know, just toiling away in the, in the laboratory. Yeah. So, uh, I, but I, I, I'd love to get there. If it, if it could happen, some stroke of magic would be amazing. So if there's some magic out there, make it happen. We're going to try to make it Not happen. Or make it yeah. happen. That'd be great. So. Um, just like every episode, you get the back end of this one and I love doing it and you know, what's coming. You've listened to so many of them. The first artist I've brought on that can list off some of the other ones by number, which is crazy. Um, but you got to wrote in a post. Okay. (laughs) Uh, you got to plug how people can get to you. What's up next where we can see things from you and how do we get your art? Okay, so I'm slowly cranking. I'm slow, this is, again. This, you're, we're early in the process. But I'm I'm kind of hoping to get to a place where my tooling and my processes are are a lot more streamlined. Uh, potty training has really put me at a, a little bit of a slowdown, but we're 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 I think we're coming out the the right side of this. No pun intended. Again, um, but you can find me at worst villain ever. It's all one word on uh, Instagram. That's kind of the the main launching point for me. Uh, currently i still think i have a couple pieces at eck uh he sold out all the other like little funny silly stuff and then um kind of watch keep keep uh keep stay tuned for uh powercon which i think is august 11th 
we'll be dropping the the beast man i'm gonna do him in a bag so he's and i'm gonna try to keep it affordable like you know so i want everybody to have this stuff you know because yeah. it, it's it's fun but it's also like you know if if the ragnar creator tuned in and you have the same backdrop just seeing it sit there is killer you know like yeah it's got to be like you know and at some point it'll be that way for me too where somebody just takes a, a backdrop photo and uh, there's a little ewok dude or whatever whatever i evolved into at some point but uh and always reach out i mean these these i mentioned a bunch of social places that i'm at um you're coming to town let me know i want to i want to meet you i want to meet everybody in this, this scene um it's it's been very giving and it's it's uh a lot of catharsis and i don't know if i use that right but uh and just being able to fellowship with people in that that regard because we're all we're all very similar we all we, we share a lot of same things and, and ideas and it's it's fantastic just to just it's like it has been talking to you this has been a dream come true for sure my guy it's so good um thank you so much for coming on toys on tap my pleasure <laughs>